I have always wanted to preach a sermon somewhere in the Psalms 20. Boris, it's a common scripture that I have heard said many times. And many times us as ministers, we quote it because it is deep, it's beautiful. And today I felt that I needed to take some time to share deeply on that portion because I feel that somebody's life will be transformed forever if you understand this. Let's begin from the fifth verse. The Bible says, We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God. We will rejoice in the name of our God. We will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. He says, Now know I that the Lord serveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the serving strength of his right hand. Let me first emphasize this. It's possible to live in the world where you affirm the anointings on certain individuals but not understand what's upon you. But the time comes in life as you go through the consecrations of the Spirit God starts to stir that treasure in earthen vessels whose excellence of power is of him. He starts to separate the clay from this person, the one whom is strengthened by the Spirit, that inner man. He starts to show you things. He starts to separate you. You start hearing his voice deeply and you come finally to the recognition that you are anointed by God. Now, anointings vary. All of us function in different dimensions of the anointing. But that I mean that where you are is where you were called to stay. It is possible to increase what's upon your life in function and increase in what's upon your life in function. There's a difference. It's one thing to increase what's upon you. It's another for you to increase in what's upon you. That is the maturity that comes with the grace of God operating on your life. As you continue to grow and you're consecrated in the anointing of the Spirit, certain laws, certain principles start to govern your life. They start to define how you interpret life. They start to define how you respond to offense. They start to define how you respond to pain. They start to define how you respond to oppression. They start to define how you respond to the glories of this world. They start to define how you respond to the presence of God. They start to define how you respond to your schedules, to your time, to your, to your visions, to your aspirations. When you realize that you are anointed, there is a way you start building patterns around your life. You start to live a very deliberate life because you understand finally what's upon your life. Certain things come to your knowledge and teach you. For example, that when certain attacks come toward you, because you know what's upon your life, you must know how God fights for you or on your behalf when you are anointed. God fights different for the anointed. And I want you to never to forget that. God fights differently for the anointed. And he has different principles that govern you when you are in trouble, when you are opposed, when you're fought, when you're challenged. He has set different principles. You see, I've seen people frustrate 
the anointing of God operating on their lives because they cannot align themselves to the principles of God. I'll give you one. You have all read the common scripture that the yoke shall be broken because of the word, the anointing. I'm just giving you one simple principle. The yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. The yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. It shall be taken off your neck. It shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You see? Now, that portion of scripture does not say the anointing shall break the yoke. No, it says the yoke shall be broken or destroyed because of the anointing. I'll explain the difference. If you said that the anointing shall break the yoke, it means that you are stirring an anointing to break that yoke. But if it says that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, it means as the anointing continues to increase, the yoke just breaks. Who has understood what I just said? That means when you know that you are anointed by God and something comes upon your life that frustrates you, it could be a disease, it could be a person, they might speak evil, attack you, do things on your life. Could be somebody you're working with at your workplace. Could be a fellow minister. You see what I'm saying? Whatever or whoever. God says, just continue increasing in the anointing. You see? No, no, no. You don't need to direct the anointing to burn them. No. Just continue increasing in the anointing. That's how we fight. When you know that you are anointed, that means do what you know increases this thing. No, 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 no. Do what you know increases this thing eventually it will break off you because of the anointing who has understood what i just said so i'm not talking about using your liberty for vice that's being unstable that's being a child spiritually oh i'm annoyed let me direct fire to this person because i'm anointed uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. god is saying you don't even need to bother them or eat you just need to keep doing what you know increases you and God says, eventually, it will be destroyed because of the anointing. Did you get it? That is why in Exodus 14, 14, he says, you shall hold your peace and the Lord shall what? When you are anointed, you must know how God fights for you. Now, the psalmist here in Psalm 20, he says, I know that the Lord serveth his anointed. He serves his anointed. If you know that you are anointed of God, there is a hand somewhere. That is availed to save you. There is a power somewhere. That will come from wherever. But it will come to save you. That means you never worry about what happens in your life. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. How many of you. Sat under a teaching. And certain things started breaking off you. You were not addressing them. Look at those hands. You were not addressing them. You were not casting them out. You see those hands. You were just simply sitting under truth. And as you continue to sit on the truth, something inside started to stir. You had an anger issue. If anybody touched you, you'd slap everything out of them. But now somebody can offend you and you tell them, I forgive you. Look at you. The yoke of anger broke off you. Some of you came with diseases. Huh? And you sat in a meeting. And when you stood up, the pain had left. Because of the anointing. Somebody said hallelujah. Some of you were broke like a church mouse. And then somehow God started to provide for you. Look at you, you got a job. I know in your family people don't get jobs, but you have one. <laughs> Some of you, you're the only person married or happily married in your own family. Why? 
and perhaps you didn't even go through a delivery service of casting out breaking off going on a prayer morning for 20 days no you just sat under and allowed this thing to start allowed it to grow and as it continued growing the yoke was destroyed because of the anointing so you see so that means the challenges of life should provoke you to launch deeper hallelujah you launch deep until it can't hold you you launch deep until it has nothing on you you launch deep until it cannot answer you anymore you launch deep until its words are silenced you launch deep until it has no consequence that is how we fight when we know that we are anointed by god and let me tell you something you're all anointed by god if you're a believer and you can increase it through knowledge somebody shout hallelujah but this is where i wanted to preach and you need to Keep in mind what I just shared about for you to understand what follows after. And the next line says that some trust in chariots. I've always wanted to preach this. And some in horses. But the Bible says, but we will remember the Lord, the name of our God. And verse 8 tells you the destiny of those who trust in horses and chariots. And it says they are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand right up. You see, God is showing you the difference between people who are ever going from one level of glory to another level of glory, one level of power to another level of power, and people who are falling. That's the difference. He's saying there are people who trust in horses and chariots, but our trust is in the Lord. Now, let us go a bit deep here and understand this context. Now, when you read that portion of scripture, that word there, some trust in horses. Trust, the word there, trust, is not actually in the original Hebrew. The closest rendering in the original Hebrew actually has the word to remember. In fact, if someone was reading that in Hebrew, they would say, some remember chariots, some remember horses, but we will remember the name of our Lord. Now, the Hebrew word there for remember is called zaukar, and zaukar is translated, one, as to learn, to bring to remembrance the person of God. Two, as to learn because of bringing to remembrance, to learn to mention the person of God and who he is in every circumstance. But number three, you learn to take time off to ponder on the person of God. Now, let me explain these three things because they are fundamental pillars in understanding to remember. Oh, what they, the English would call the trust. Let me explain it. How many times have you been in trouble? And the first thing that came to your mind is a certain individual that has no bearing in God. How many times have you been in trouble? And firstly, you remembered something that has no bearing with truth. Now, these are horses and chariots, and I'm going to continue expounding on this for you to understand fully. Let me give you a typical example. If you're a mother, and you wake up, and your child is crying, and they're in pain, what's your first response? What's the first thing that comes to your head? What's the first person you remember? Who? Who is the first person that comes to your mind? What is the first thing that you ponder on? What is the first thing that you mention out of your mouth? It's very important because I'm not against your child taking cowpo, the painkiller. But it can become your horse and your chariot. So I'm not saying you shouldn't give your child drugs. 
But what first comes to your head when your child is in trouble? What first comes to your head when you receive a report that, you know what? We're not going to be able to work with you. What's the first thing that comes to your head? After you've received the report of the job loss, what's the first meditation? Because pondering is meditation. What is the first meditation that will come to your mind? It's very important. Oh, he received a bad report that, you know, we cannot deal with you. They fire them. And then they go back home, sunken and sullen. And then they go to their bed and they think the whole night. And then the next morning they'll call you and say, Pastor, I didn't sleep. Why? I was fired yesterday. I thought many things. I thought what this boss had done to me. Why this boss had done these things to me. ETC, ETC. Why do you think that they lost sleep? Because if they remember the name of the Lord, they would sleep. You see what I'm saying? But you spent the whole night pondering on this job. What am I going to do? I have a loan. How am I going to pay? I'm looking after my mother. How am I going to look after her? I have siblings that I'm taking to school. How am I going to fix that? Then you go on and on and you're pondering and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking. That job was your horse. That boss was your horse. They were your chariot. They were your strength. It's evident. How? Because of how you responded to the circumstance. Do you know that you can program, you can set your mind to think right? The Bible says, he's held in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. When a man learns, when a man learns how to tune their mind toward God, the evidence of that experience is peace. Regardless of what happens in your family, you will never lose the peace of God. Regardless of what the doctor spoke, you will never lose the peace of God. He says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Is stayed on thee. Because he says he doth trust in thee. That is the proof that you are a person who trusts in God. Some people remember the name of the Lord after they've done everything and called everybody. And then after they say, ah, oh, oh, God exists. Maybe let's pray. And then it comes to your head. Do you know that some of you are dealing with things and if I was to examine you one-on-one, -on -one, perhaps that stuff disturbing you, perhaps you've never even prayed about it. Not because you're ignoring it as your mind is stayed on God, no. But because even your mind is not stayed. It's not even connected at all. It's not remembering the name of the Lord. You're not ignoring that circumstance because you know how to fight and your mind is stayed in God. Perhaps you're ignoring that circumstance because you don't even know what to do or how to apply the ways of God in what is disturbing you. They trust in horses and they trust in chariots. What if what you thought in this world makes you? Tomorrow you woke up and it was not there. That is how you know where your trust was. That's how you know what you're really built of. That is why the Bible says that if you faint in your day of adversity, your strength is small. There are people, they only need a certain set of adversity to walk out of God. They just need something little small to shake them in their marriage or business or relationship or their career. And they're going to disconnect from God and the way of truth. If you read the message version of that, he says, if you faint or if you fall in pieces or in crisis in your day of adversity, he says there wasn't anything to you in the first place. That means you thought you knew, you thought you understood God, but you didn't really understand God. Because if you did, you'd not just break like that. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. I've been to nations where people have built life on systems and governments run systems. Not that it doesn't happen in every nation, but in some nations it differs. Somebody is on credit with everything that they have. Everything that they have. Their mobile phone is on credit. Their bed is on credit. Their chair is on credit. They eat food on credit cards. They buy clothes on credit card. They do everything on credit. And some don't really own enough. You see what I'm saying? And for some, that little credit extended to them through the system is their horse, it's their chariot. If anything happens within that system, they could even commit suicide. Because nothing, there's no hope, nothing in the world can help if it broke. Somebody shout hallelujah. Nothing in the world can help if it broke. Sometimes these horses and chariots come in the people that we have in our lives that are not in covenant with us necessarily, but have become so a part of our daily supply and provision that if they left us, if they stopped communicating to you, if they disconnected to you, you would be gone. I'm talking about people with whom we have no covenant, no spiritual, no marital. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a friend, you found them. But everything around you revolves around that individual. If one day they turn, you're gone. You're gone. You're eating food because of a certain individual in the world. You're sleeping well because of a certain individual in the world. The day they say, I am done, you're gone. The day you hear that they've died, you're gone. You're gone. You're going to school because somebody's alive. The day they go to heaven, you're gone. Some of you are eating your next meal because somebody exists. You see what I'm saying? And many a times, we have gone beyond just depending on people. And we've even gone into the point of exalting their words above the word of God. We exalt certain people's opinions. I've seen how people in the world look at science. No offense if you're a scientist. But you must separate what science is for in the kingdom and what science is for outside the kingdom. And I'm not saying that God cannot extend his works through science. But I'm only trying to tell you that God is bigger than science. I've been around people who say, you know, we went to the best specialists in the world. And the specialist said that... This is the best we can go. I mean, if the best doctor has said that this disease is incurable, who are you to say? <laughs> Somebody said the devil is a liar. The Bible says somewhere in Isaiah, the second chapter, the 22nd verse, the New English translation, it says, stop trusting in human beings 
whose life's breath is in their nostrils for why should they be given special consideration i'm talking about those who give opinions that are contrary to truth i don't care how special you are but if it is not in line with truth i don't consider oh the doctor said this if you don't do this you will die he too is breathing oxygen and he can even fall dead before you do you understand what i'm saying if it's contrary to truth it doesn't matter who says it it doesn't matter how old they are it doesn't matter how big they are it doesn't matter how strong they are it doesn't matter what they contribute to your life if it is contrary to truth do not consider the bible says in jeremiah cast be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm whose heart departeth from the lord you see he says, when you put your trust in man, your heart departs from the Lord. I've heard people saying, <laughs> they're telling their boyfriends, I can't live without you. Somebody's on fire. What do you mean you can't live without him? They're not even in a covenant. They're not married, but she already can't live. Do you understand what I'm saying? What do you mean you cannot live without him? I pray he chucks you. In Jesus' mighty name. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that you understand with or without him. You have a God. Somebody might even warn you, you, without me, you are gone. Oh, 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 <laughs> Are you God? Are you God? <laughs> no, no, it's different when you're dealing with a man of God. Understand it. <laughs> Paul told them, you owe me your own life. Some of you don't play with the anointed. But I'm talking about people in the world. Those guys who don't even have a covenant with God. Somebody tells you without me, you'll not have a job. Do you understand what I'm saying? How? How? My maker is who? God. Somebody tells you that, oh, this politician is my God. I had somebody say, this politician is like my God. I said, what? <laughs> so what if they die? Your God dies? Do you understand what I'm saying? Know who you are and what you're really made of. And understand this. And that is why David is trying to tell us in the Psalms here. He's trying to tell you that I'm renouncing confidence in anything that a man can make for warfare. In this instance, the horses and chariots were elements, implements of warfare. And he's saying, I don't have any trust in anything a man could ever do. For me to say that because a man has made this, therefore I can trust in it. Anything a man has made cannot keep me. Oh yes, I know what I mean. No gun is big enough to keep you. Oh, did you understand what I'm saying? No fence is big enough to keep you. Nothing. No camera is big enough to keep you. I wish some of you should understand who you are. 
Some of you think you're safe because of what a man has made and can't make. No. Chariots were built by men. And some people thought that because you had a chariot, therefore you were safe. You go back to the story of the children of Israel and see. Go back and see. This is why the psalmist looks back and says, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. The Bible says somewhere in uh, Isaiah 30 verses 1. Let's read. He says, war to the rebellious what? Children. Now this is Isaiah remembering what happened with the Egyptians. With the power that was in Egypt. The horses and chariots that they had against the children of Israel who were crossing the sea without anything, no sword in their hand. They could not fight for themselves. And then he tells us, you see, once you have understood that I've gotten you out of Egypt, which is the representation of the world, and I'm taking you to a place which is the promised land, there are places you cannot go back into because I got you out of there. And that is why he says, What to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. Oh, that means the person of the Holy Spirit is a cover. You can be covered by a politician. But it's possible to be covered by the Holy Ghost. Now listen. He says. Because of that they add sin to sin. They walk down into Egypt. And have not asked at my mouth. To strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. And to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. And the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. When you see the spirit of shame and confusion in a person. Ask them who did they trust. God says that they leave the truth. The oracles are here. And then they go back to the way of Egypt. And the wisdom and power and the covering of Pharaoh. It's certain individuals you think in your life you need, but you honestly don't need. But because you're so attached to power, you don't even know what power to attach yourself to. When a man has just seen power, they think they can attach themselves to any power. Some of you, when you appear on a picture with some people out in the world, you say, I know this guy. It makes you look special because you stood next to a guy who... A time has come where people are going to want to take pictures with sons of God. <laughs> Somebody said hallelujah. <laughs> people are going to start wanting to take pictures with the sons of God. Those people are not your salvation. None of them can save you in the day of trouble. That's a pattern of a kingly anointing. The Bible says in Psalms 33 verses 16, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall it be delivered any by his strength. When you know who you are, you're not saved by numbers. You're not saved by multitudes. It doesn't matter how many are on your side. No. They can be a million against you. And there is God with you. That's a man who has learned to trust in God. That's a man who has learned to trust in God. When you get to a point and understand that I don't need 20 million with me. I don't need 5 billion with me. I could be without a man in this world and still stand against the world because I have put my trust in him. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Nobody should make you. No, it's not pride, it's truth. God makes you. He breathes in you the breath of life. He gave you everything that you are. And he can sustain you. He can sustain you with or without them. He can. And he will. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Christians have been put in places of compromise. And you find yourself in Egypt. You're giving your body to a guy because he promised you a job. And your tongue's speaking. Because some tells you if you don't open your legs, he won't give you that job. You don't know who you are. Shame on you. Don't, don't, don't. You don't need to compromise your job because you need to please somebody. No, that's not who we are. Listen, if without having your body, he won't give you that job, tell him, listen, listen, I'm bigger than this. And you already proved yourself that you're smaller than me. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, no. No, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. In the next chapter, 31 again, verses 1, he's still emphasizing the same thing. Woe to those, Amplified says, who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses and trust in chariots. Same thing, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek after or consult the Lord. Why? Because the horses are what? Are very strong. The chariots are many. Go with this team because it is bigger. Go team this because it has money. Sit in this meeting because they are connected. Wow, 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 wow. That is not how we sit in meetings. That is not how we make decisions on which side we sit. No, you go consult the Lord and ask him, God, what are you telling me? And he tells you don't go that way. It doesn't matter whether there are a million people there. I don't go. That's just who I am. That's who I am. If God has not told me to enter your umbrella, I will not enter it. I will not. Not that I don't respect it. No. No. One time we went to a certain place. Where was it? Barara. I told them, let's take a crusade and win souls. We reached there and I sat down with these leaders and they told me, if you don't go and kneel before a certain leader of a certain umbrella, you will not have a crusade in this place. We are the only people who can make crusades. They told me, if you don't go and kneel before this person. I told them, no, but I'm trying to bring people to salvation. We want to win souls and give them to you in your church so you can pastor them. I'm spending money to get souls to you so you can teach them. And the guy says, no, if you don't go and kneel before this person in this umbrella and submit yourself officially to this umbrella. They told me, you'd never have a crusade in Barrera. That's what they said. And so one of my kids called me and told me, Papa, whatever you do, I don't know whether you get on the first helicopter here, come, or else we're not going to have a crusade. And I told her, hush! I have God. So they asked me, what are we doing next? And I told them, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew and to the Gentile. We got Boma Stadium, and it filled. <laughs> the lamb walked, the blind saw, the crippled, the the dumb spoke, Thomas fell off. What are you talking about? If God be for you, yeah, if they don't want to work with you, that's okay. Just hear God and go on your knees and say, Maratobaladega, 
Sotagare, Ligo Parade Goziga, Rikelende Gosalaba, Yiko Barade. You don't need the best education to serve God. You don't need the biggest connections to serve God. You just need to give Him your heart and tell Him, God, I'm trusting you for who you are. You work. Every Thursday, we have to put chairs here, trusting God that you will come. That's faith. That's faith. What if somebody didn't come tomorrow? God will fill that seat with another person. You want to know why? Because our trust is up there. It's up there. I'm teaching you that nobody has a vote on your destiny. Nobody. Your God who defines you, who created you, he knows your journey and he knows what to do even when things seem bad. If God has sent a man for you, he will send them with peace. If God should use a man for you, he will make it easy. You will not need to compromise yourself for a man to help you. That is faith. You know, we have people who say, any way it comes, I have to make it. No. There's only one way. He is the way. He is the way. You either do it his way or no other way. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is the thing David knew. That is why when he's speaking to us in the Psalms, this is the thing David knew. When he goes as a young boy separated by God early, and then he has seen a lot in God, and then he goes to face Goliath. Remember the words he says in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, the 45th verse. He said, then say David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and a spear, with a shield and a degree, with connections and network, with nice English and... But he says, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Oh, what a name. What a name. God wants to raise a generation that can go to an interview. Oh, they have their masters. They have their PhD. You just get your diploma with the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, if you understand this, you'll not disqualify yourself from any good thing in Christ Jesus. Oh, some of you think your looks disqualify you. No. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Oh, will I ever get married? Look at my face. With the name of the Lord. <laughs> will anybody ever hire me? With the name of the Lord. Hey! Maraco Barade Gozilla. Yeah, let them bring their swords. Let them pack their cars. Let them boast of their buildings and their networks with the family that has the family that they are connected to that family. Let them build all they want. You come in the name of the Lord and tell them it doesn't matter whether I'm connected to that family or I'm not. It doesn't matter whether I'm speaking your language or I'm not. It does not matter whether I was there when you guys were meeting to plan or not. Oh! My trust is in God. Why do you think God chooses the best things, the worst things, the weakest people? Why do you think God chose Saul 
from the poorest family, from the weakest tribe. Why do you think when he wanted to get Israel a king, he went to the weakest? That's how God is. That's why Jesus was not born in a five-star hotel. That's just how he works. Your weakness is your qualification. Oh, the fact that you don't look like it, that's the very reason why God is going to use you. He got Rahab a prostitute and he says, this is the right grandmother of Jesus Christ. How many holy women were there? What are you talking about? He got Moses a stutterer and he says, this is the one I'm going to use to deliver Israel from the hand of Egypt. What are you talking about? Even when he got Aaron, he says, I've put your words in Aaron's mouth. Aaron could not speak his words. Eh? Some of you, your past. If I looked a few years in your past, you don't even deserve to be under the light. Because your past is too dark. And I'm telling you, that is the very reason why God is going to use you. Why? Because your trust is not in your past. Some trust in their past. That's their horse. You know, as a good person, when they were drinking, I was in church. God will get a drunkard, get them saved, and use him to heal the nation. You're joking. You're joking. Jesus chose fishermen and left Pharisees. What are you talking about? That's why Paul says, I glory in my infirmities. For when I'm weak, then I know that I'm strong. Hey, don't disqualify somebody because they're weak. You don't know where they're going. It's just a journey. Tell somebody it's a matter of time. Africa was once called a dark continent. Look what God is doing. And it was dark once because there was no gospel. Now the gospel has come. Look at a weekly service. There's no respecter of persons. It's almost as though before God chooses a man for a part, he makes sure he doesn't look it. I've studied God. David, Goliath? Did he look the part? No. But God chose him. God chose him. God chose him. Remember when they were separating David? He looked at Eliab and said, this is the Lord's anointing. He said, Eliab is the Lord's anointing. But he wasn't. That means if you had put all the boys of Jesse, David was not the first choice. And God chose that one. That is why I tell people, when you look at the man who was chosen, there was always something that disqualified them. Look at everyone who is chosen by God. There is always something that disqualified them. Maybe the family they came from disqualified them. Maybe the education disqualified them. Maybe their language disqualified them. Something. Look at everyone chosen by God. Something disqualifies them. Something. If you are to look, there is a disqualifier. What a God. What a God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So that is what David is saying. You come to me with sword and spear. You come to me with your education credentials. And you think you can beat me with that. You come to me with your IQ test. 
and think you can beat me with that. You come to me with your degree, your master's and PhD of how you scored so highly and you were a smart child. Oh, oh. Listen, that's not the qualification of a child of God. When we enter the kingdom, they come with swords and spears. We come with his name. That is why when you come that way, you will enter places. The biggest spears can't enter. You'll enter places the biggest swords cannot enter. You'll enter places the biggest degrees will never have. You'll enter graces that the biggest PhDs will never have. You'll enter provisions that the biggest wisdoms could never have in the world. Why? Because that's just how God works. He's trying to help you go back today in your bed and shake everything out called horse and chariot. Check it out. And whatever you look to God for, just carry that name. And Sarah Koli Badiga. It will happen. I don't care how or who. He says, use my name. Just use my name. Don't use I'm a friend too. Uh -uh, don't use that as a ticket. Uh -uh. There are times I've been in trouble. The Lord is my witness. And I just maro badiga sopa ro pradego shindele bade ro dagazigata and things start changing. Things start changing, and I see them shift, and I see God arrange things and people working for me, and then I can tell, no, 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 this is not me right here. This is not my intellect. It's not my wisdom. No, no, God has entered something, and it's beautiful when He's in it because you can see. That this is not me. It's as well he just puts you on the side and says, Watch me work. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what David knew. That's the secret David knew. And unfortunately, it gets down to his son Solomon, and Solomon does not get it. God wants Israel in Deuteronomy 17, verses 14. He wants Israel that when the age of the kings come, this is what you must do. He says, when thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God has given thee, thou and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations there are about me. He says, thou shall in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God has chosen. That means, if you ever get to a point where you need a king, get one whom God has worked. That's chosen. It's not about the age of kings, right? And he continues to say, listen, thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren, thou shalt set king over thee. That means you will not get a king out of you. Thou mayst not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. He says, but he, the king, shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said unto you, you shall henceforth return no more that way. He says, when a time comes and you raise kings, a king should never go to Egypt because he's looking to multiply his horses and build an army. Not in Egypt. Not in Egypt. And see what Solomon does in 1 Kings 10 verses 26. 
1 Kings 10 verses 26. The Bible says, And Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen, and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots, and twelve thousand horsemen, whom he bestowed in the cities for chariots, and with the king at Jerusalem. And the king made silver to be in Jerusalem as stones, and said as made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn, the king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price, and a chariot came up and went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver, and a horse for 150, and so for all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of Syria, did they bring them out by their means. Solomon went to Egypt to buy horses and chariots. It was a warning from God to them. When a king comes one day, never go to buy or amass a horse or a chariot from Egypt because it's not important how many horses you have and how many chariots you have. If they're from Egypt, that's not where you're supposed to go. If you don't have enough, it's only God telling you, you don't need them. Who has understood what I just said? If you cannot have enough horses or chariots, you don't go to Egypt. What you can get within the ambits of God's instruction will always be enough to win the battle. Don't go out looking for horses and chariots in Egypt. Because the covenant Egypt is under, its horses and chariots too are. The Bible says the horses, they're not spirits. They don't have that strength. No, 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 no. They don't. They don't. Don't think that when you go out, and it was in Isaiah 31 verses 3, he says, now the Egyptian are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. They are flesh and not spirit. It doesn't matter how many horses you think you need. It does not matter how many chariots you think you need. You don't need more than God is able to give you because he does not even need them to fight a battle for you. Understand how God fights. Liberate yourself from the pressures that sort of make you think that if a certain person in Egypt does not come through, you're not going to make it. No. I only honor those that I'm in covenant with. Married to, submitted to, anything outside, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Times are going to come and not far from now. And I see that that's what Satan is doing in the world. There was a time, I'll give you an example, when COVID was as it did speak and people were dying across the world. And almost all the richest nation in the world had vaccines. And there was not a single vaccine in Uganda because we're a third world country. They had beds. We didn't have beds. They had oxygen. We didn't have oxygen. But we prayed. 
we prayed. I asked for permission from certain hospitals and I used to go in ICU and I prayed, lay hands on these people. People were dying. We got our closets from home and started going into the hospitals in those hardest places because we needed to give our people life. We committed that we we're going to teach every Thursday, every Sunday. We taught faith. And look at you, your life. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But you don't need horses to be unavailable for you to trust in God. God is saying, get to the level where even when the horse is available, you trust in God. Even when the chariot is available, you trust in God. Look at the statistics and see how many people have died in Uganda. Only God. Nobody has wisdom over that. Nobody can explain how it left our nation only God why because people were praying people were praying people were praying and this is what I want to tell you we don't trust our politicians to fix our nations we don't trust armies to keep us in Uganda no we trust God we trust God was it Elisha his servant comes and tells him we are in trouble and he tells him boss many are at our side he was the chariot and horseman of Israel you remember <laughs> yet Israel was not his chariot and horseman that's how he could be attacked by an army without the protection of Israel. Elisha did not get bodyguards from the king. Who has understood what I just said? He didn't get bodyguards from the king, no. Yet he was the horseman and chariot because that's the mantle he carried from Elijah. Can you believe that Elijah and Elisha were the chariot and horsemen of Israel? They were the army. If you needed an army, there was a time in Israel where you just needed one prophet to keep a nation. Oh, 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 oh. That is why some of you should understand what's upon you. That is why we will not see war in this land when we are still alive. Who is believing with me? Yes, our trust is in God. If they ask you, how do you know? Tell them I'm here. Hey, 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 hey. Glory to God. Glory to God. He tells him, greater are they which are at our sight than that which is without us. Now, the servant's eyes have to be opened to see how many are against and how many are for. So it's a matter of vision. It's what you see. You have more help that you don't see than what's available to see. Call those things. Let the law of translation and interpretation take its course. Get the unseen world and bring things on the earth to see. Translate them. Men will be amazed at the power that will be working behind you. They won't be able to explain what is working in your life. And when they ask you, how do you do it? 
You tell them some trust in horses, some in chariots, but I trust in God. I trust God to keep you. I don't care what is in your body. I trust God to provide for you. I don't care what happened in this season. Pastors, I trust God that our ministries are going to grow. It doesn't matter who knows us or who doesn't know us. It doesn't matter who is connected to us or who isn't. We have God. I trust God that you will make it. It doesn't matter who is on your side and who isn't. It matters that you have God. Now you're going to take a few minutes and just raise your voice and remember the name of the Lord. Just tell God I'm sorry where I've put trust in anything rather than your name. Some of you, there's already shame and confusion on your lives because you went back to the world to get answers only God could give. And you have testimonies that look ugly on you because they're not orchestrated by the hand of God that is available to save you. But God wants to do something big tonight. He wants to do something you've never seen before. He wants to change the course of your life forever. And I sense it in my spirit, ladies and gentlemen, listening to me today, that you're about to see what the hand of God does. Some of you, you are at the verge of seeing what the name of God is able to do. You thought you had, but you had never. And this prayer you are making. Come on, raise your voice and talk to God. Come on. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Come on, speak to God. Come on. Raise your voice and talk to God. Come on. You are mighty warrior. Jehovah is your name. You are mighty warrior. in battle. Jehovah. You are mighty. 
Stretch your hands to the heavens. I want to decree some things. Please allow me. Let me decree in the name of Jesus that from today, I don't know who I'm talking to, but God reads you from the shadow of anything or anyone outside divine purpose and covenant with God. That you will never struggle or strife under the hand of the heathen. That the violent the terrorizing the wicked the unreasonable will not have a chance over you nations will not reject you boundaries will not conflict with you i decree and i declare in the name of jesus christ that no man will stand in line with your destiny to frustrate and confuse the way god has made for you receive it in the mighty name of jesus listen I hear a word I see a word written in the sky it's called elevation there's a power right now on these grounds hey, receive it 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 hey! I see the power that elevates you I see the power that promotes you I see the power that places you in places no man can bless you your education cannot bless you oh your credentials cannot bless you I see the spirit of elevation that will favor you to places prophets here God says I give you another voice I'm changing your message I'm changing the frequency from which you've been ministering there are teachers here listening to me you have been under the shadow of a system that has frustrated your ministry God says I take that cover of frustration of you and I put a cloud of freedom and liberty for you to flow in the grace that I've ordained for you in the mighty name of Jesus receive it may you enter places your abilities would never take you May you enter graces, your potentials will never take you. Your skills will never take you. Your talents would never take you. Your giftings would never take you. Your color would never take you. Your age would never take you. Some of you are entering things people your age can never do. Receive it! Sharabaradagaba somebody's hands were tied under witchcraft I release you in the name of Jesus somebody's feet were tied I release you in the name of Jesus mighty warrior great in battle 
advance in the name of Jesus. Nothing is going to stop you. No man is going to stop you. No voice is going to stop you. No opposition is going to stop you. Your trust is in God. Remember the name of the Lord. Pound out the name of the Lord. Mention it. Speak it constantly. And say, I will make it. In spite of what is happening, I will make it. In spite of the financial status, I will make it. In spite of what I hear in the world, I will make it. If you're sick in your body, the anointing to heal is present right now. Oh, spirits of infirmity, you unclean spirits, I command you out. Threat infections are healing. Back pains are healing. Diabetes is healing. Go to the doctor tomorrow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God is going to place men ahead of you to work for your good. I feel it. Because you put your trust in Him. God is going to put in place of those that frustrated you. He's going to replace them with people who will advantage you, saith the Lord. Now I want you to clap for Jesus because it is done. Come on, clap for God because you know that you know that you know that you know that you know only God only God tell your neighbor only God if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus repeat this words after me say Lord Jesus I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory tonight I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior I am born again I believe that from tonight you're changing me you're transforming me you're healing me Amen.